What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Unconventionally Arab Podcast. This is episode 30, and on this episode, we're going to continue to talk about what's happening in Palestine today uh, because I feel like that's the least we can do to stand amongst our brothers and sisters in Palestine and stand on the right side of history. But with me today is a friend of mine, stand-up comedian and Jewish-American activist Michael Scherzer. Uh, Michael, thanks so much for being on this episode. Uh, Michael, do you want to help break down what's going on in Palestine today uh, for the average American citizen? Because I know a lot of people have no idea what's going on there. And uh, I get asked a lot of questions. I try to explain it. But uh, as you can imagine, most of what I say is consistently dismissed because of who I am as an Arab Muslim living in America. And to that point, I think it's great that you started a podcast. You know what I mean? Yeah. Interesting that you say that. So when, when the news is, is saying Israel has the right to defend itself and Israel has the right to protect its sovereignty, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's interesting because it's actually not accurate, right? The Israeli side is targeting medics, schools, journalists, things that are widely understood to be illegal by international law. They're war crimes, right? They are documented war crimes as defined by literally every human rights organization that's relevant. Whereas the Palestinians actually have a right to self-defense, right? Because they are occupied people for the last 73 years. They are people who are cut out of society largely. They are, they don't have access to food, water, power. So they have a right to self-defense. And I'm not just talking about like morally, I'm talking about legally they have a right to self-defense. UN resolution 3742 defines that Palestinians may resist even by armed struggle. And that includes, you know, makeshift rockets that they send in to uh, get shot down largely. Right. So now that we're discussing this, um, I was on social media yesterday and I saw one of my um, Jewish American friends post uh, some protesters in London that were saying, uh, fuck the Jews, uh, we have to rape the Jews. And I personally didn't really, it's not really the message or what's going on. And I know it happens on both sides because I was also protesting last Saturday in Los Angeles and the, the protest was pretty much peaceful. Uh, we were 25,000 strong apparently and uh, towards the end as we were walking away, uh, a fight broke out and I see this man running and like, you know, a mob of protesters following him and beating him up and me and a few other people went there, picked him up, separated the fight and told him to, to leave and he pretty much spit in my face and said, we're going to win this war, fuck you, blah, blah, blah. And I said, that's fine, because in my opinion, we should learn from what's happening there and not oppress people when they're weak. This wasn't a fair fight. And that's my natural moral compass, is that this wasn't the time to prove a point when we're like 20,000 strong. Does that make sense? Um, yeah. and, and so, just I don't mean to cut you off, um, but 
when people are sharing this stuff, and I saw him record, and I, and I told a lot of the protesters, I said, this is exactly what they want, and they're going to twist the narrative, and they've been twisting the narrative. Um, I just want to ask you, what are your thoughts on that, about the people that are making it about a religious war, a war uh, between Muslims and, and, and the Jewish people? Yeah, I want to speak on that, because Zionism is not Judaism, right? I am a Jew, and I am fiercely anti-Zionist. There is a long history of Jewish resistance to Zionism. Long before Jews considered themselves Zionists, there were a majority of Jews who thought Zionism was fucking nonsense, right? For 2,000 years, Jews practiced Judaism, and then in the last 150 years, you had a couple secular Jews who decided to take the religion and attach trauma to it so that they could justify the colonization of native people in Palestine. It has absolutely nothing to do with Jews, Muslims, or Christians that exist in Palestine, right? Because the three Abrahamic religions existed peacefully in the land of Jerusalem, in the land of Palestine, forever until the Zionists showed up. Right. Confusing people. Right. And so then I guess my next question to you is... Um, what about the people that go, well, thousands of years ago, before Palestine even existed, the land belonged to the Jews? I would say that that's historically inaccurate. Can, you know, do you mind elaborating on that? I mean, they're taking the Bible as if it's a fact, right? They are describing the Bible as if it is a factual event, and we don't have any proof of that. I would say if you truly believe that you are indigenous to the land of Palestine, yet you were born in Connecticut... I would say maybe trace back your lineage and see if you do know that you can find you come from the land of Judea. Because I promise you, there's almost nobody that can trace their lineage back 2,000 years. Even modern DNA testing only goes back 1,000 years. So the claim that you have, and then why even stop at 2,000 years ago? <laughs> right, we can keep... Right, then we should all go to Africa right now and... and Right. No, you're absolutely right. And, and it's so interesting because everyone that I've tried to have a conversation with keeps telling me, well, uh, in that case, you know, sure, we can, after we have a conversation, they always go like, yeah, we can agree the land is colonized, we can agree the land is stolen, but we're the only democracy in the Middle East and we're the only country that has gay rights. And I was like, since when was this a measure of a country's... Uh, um, um, right to exist like since when i mean during the jim crow era and i said this on the last episode black people had access to education in america but they weren't seen as equal and to this day we live in in 2021 and black people to this day are suffering the justice system of america a country that is considered a a, a first world country so yeah. i mean it, it, it Right. And what about the idea that, that because they have gay rights? That's not even accurate, bro. They blackmail people with surveillance and they will, you know, make them try and snitch on people. They, they will exploit people's sexual orientations for their benefit after spying on them. That's not a democracy. Right. That's not right. And you know what's funny? What's funny to me is that uh, when I think about it, it's like, 
there are gay rights in America, but it's still not a fully functioning system. So why is... Yeah. The idea that, like, they discriminate against gays doesn't justify murdering children, fam. Right. You, oh, oh, you, you don't like gay people? Guess what? Genocide. You know what I mean? Like, that's... Who makes that argument? Right. No, it, it's... The way I see it, honestly, is, is they're squirming to find a narrative to hold on to. And, and I've said that on the last episode, like the truth is like a lion. You just set it free and it defends itself. And it's so interesting because um, literally every person that I know on social media that, that has uh, Jewish descent and it's unfortunate has decided to turn a blind eye completely and is so afraid on, of, of speaking up except for you actually and, and and honestly and that's really why i wanted you to be on this podcast because just like we i don't know if we said it in this recording or on our phone call there's like a white privilege situation where your voice is considered more valuable in in in, in western democracies than than people like myself yeah it's very unfortunate it is white privilege i'm a straight white male in society that values my voice over the value of other voices marginalized voices and that's super unfortunate and to that end, I've just tried to amplify marginalized voices, uh, but also be a representation of my own voice and my own culture because I think it's important to talk about Jewish history, right? The Israeli military studied the Warsaw Ghetto so that they could inflict the exact same type of pain on Palestinians. Do you, they studied it from a military strategy standpoint. Right. Do you mind just breaking it down for someone who, who isn't really familiar with what you just said? Sure. So in the Holocaust... It didn't just start with Jews being exterminated in death camps, right? That was the like ultimate like goal for the Nazis is to exterminate all the Jews. But it didn't start like that, right? It started with laws that discriminated against Jews. So like the Nuremberg laws stripped Jews of their citizenship. In 2018, Israeli society created the nation state law, right? That downgraded out of it. It made settling in the national interest, and it essentially ostracized people of Palestinian descent from society. Right. right? Then there are the work camps that the Nazis put people in, right? They had thousands of people languishing in prisons, uh, forced labor, and then murder. And that's the exact same scenario as what's happening in Palestine right now. There are thousands of Palestinians who languish in political concentration camps, forced labor camps, they're murdered, they, they're, it includes children and women as well. Right. And finally, um, when I'm talking to people and they're like, well, you know, uh, the Israelis aren't going anywhere. And... That's actually not true. Oh, they're, they're, b- <laughs> hold on, before, before, say that again, sorry. Right. So, and there's also this other narrative that um, Hamas, you know, we've seen the news like it's Hamas's fault. If, 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 if it wasn't for Hamas, there would be peace. But the question isn't, is th- would there be peace? Obviously, I think there would be peace because there's like one superpower controlling everyone and the voice of everyone and everyone else isn't armed. So even if you grew up in a country where your family was bombed uh, and killed and massacred in front of your eyes, your only way to retaliate is picking up uh, a, a, a rock. And so, of course, there would be somewhat of, a, of, of peace, not real peace, if that makes sense. Um, but every time they say Hamas, 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 and my question is like, 
if Hamas didn't exist, the settler colonialism state would continue to want to grow. And I don't know if people really focus on that, but whenever I have a conversation with anyone that supports Israel, I ask them, why did Israel attack the north of Lebanon in 2009? I need an answer, because if it's only Palestine, then okay, but why? Do you, do you care to, 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 to pinpoint anything on... I mean, you hit it right on the head, right? First of all, Hamas, it, it started way after Israel, right? So if you look at the timeline, there was about 30 to 40 years of brutal ethnic cleansing and genocide going one way. 33, to be exact, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Ever came into the picture, right? And then uh, Israel funded Hamas. Israel funded Hamas so that it would create a division between the Fatah and Hamas. And then uh, Hamas drove out Fatah, took over the entirety of Gaza. That way, Israel can now declare every single building a Hamas target. Right. Because Hamas is the government now. And to your point about if Hamas wasn't there, there'd be further colonization, the West Bank put down their guns. Right. The West Bank stopped fighting, and now there are over 700,000, you know, wild-ass settlers running around creating terror inside the West Bank. And that's also something I think we need... And that's something I think we need to pinpoint is a lot of people think Hamas is all over Palestine. Hamas is in the West Bank. Hamas is only in Gaza. The West Bank is not... They have no way to resist any of the occupational forces, any of the genocidal uh, war crimes. And it's like this, this whole like Hamas bubble has become so big that people just go, oh, Israel has the right to defend itself against Hamas. But Hamas isn't in the West Bank at all. The people in the West Bank have no way to like oppose any of the uh, injustice. And also, do you care to, to, to... By the way, ladies and gentlemen, I'm, I'm really happy that Michael is, 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 is on this podcast because it just... And it's also sad that if I just explain all this to anyone that's listening, they'd be like, oh, he's an Arab, he's Muslim, he's half Palestinian. Of course he's going to side with, with his people. And that's where I say, fuck that. Here's someone who is of, of Jewish descent, who is an American, who is educated, who decided to, to choose the side with... I mean, you have no benefit. It's not like... What, what, why did you decide to stand with the Palestinian people? Oh, just all the money and fame associated <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It, no, but there's it, no it, benefit. There's no incentive for anybody to speak up about Palestine because the Zionists have a stranglehold on a number of industries, right? They definitely influence politics. They influence the way the media reports things. They have heavy influence in academia. They have heavy influence in business. So you can lose your job. You can lose your relationships. You can lose a lot of opportunities and. Basically, all you get out of this is just feeling like... Honestly, the only reason I do this is because I wish somebody would have done this for my ancestors in the Holocaust. I wish somebody had been... It's honestly... had been loud and been aggressive and told people what is going on because turning a blind eye is not an option. I swear to God, I'm talking to people on the ground in Palestine right now. It feels like I'm talking to my ancestors through a portal in Nazi Germany. Right. And it's so interesting that the danger of being oppressed is, you know, I'm sure you've heard this, is one day you become the oppressor. And it's almost as, it, it's, it's like they're repeating history onto other people. And it's like, shouldn't this be a lesson of, of, of sympathy and understanding and, and empathy and, all, you know, all, all the... And it's, it's just... I just want to elaborate because people are going to be like, he's comparing them to the Nazis. Let me keep going and show you 
Yeah. Palestinians, uh, actually, sorry, in 1939, the Nazi government ordered all Jewish people to wear a yellow Star of David on their clothing. The tactic isolated Jews from the rest of society and made it easier for them to be identified and targeted. Palestinians are forced to have specific ID cards that indicate their level of access. Palestinian vehicles are different colored license plates so that they can be easily identifiable, and the plates indicate which roads they're able to drive on. Following Germany's invasion of Poland, Jews were forced to live in confined areas called ghettos, sometimes sealed off from the rest of the world by fences or barbed wire. They faced shortages in food, medicine, lived in constant fear, right? Gaza has been under blockade from food, water, medicine, and power for the last 15 years. In 1939, the Nazis bombed the Warsaw Ghetto, which was the center of Jewish resistance. For the last 20 years, the Zionist regime has been dropping non-stop bombs on Gaza. Just in 2014 alone, they dropped between 18 and 20,000 tons of explosives. It's like... Identical. Mark Twain has a quote where he says, History doesn't repeat itself, but it sure does rhyme. Right. It's identical. It's a parallel to what was going on during the Nazi era. We did stray off uh, when we were talking about the West Bank. A lot of uh, pro-Israeli people are like, well, Arabs and Jews are treated equally in the state of Israel. Do you happen to, to, to have somewhat of an idea of the justice system there or the court system? Yeah, so you're talking about the West Bank? West Bank or even uh, um, um, Arab or Palestinian civilians of the state of Israel. Yeah, so Citizens, sorry. or housing or, you know, access to anything, they are often targeted. Just recently, there were pogroms of people who were pulling people out of their car, beating them nearly to death, uh, and those are the people who were supposed to be living in coexistence. Right. Those are, and it's like, they were being beaten by their co-workers. A bus driver inside of 48 was beaten by his co-workers. So this dream of you know, they're treated equally. It's not true at all. They don't get paid the same. They don't have the same access. When like A lot of them can't even vote. And if they do get to vote, they're intimidated by uh, cameras at the polls. You know, the court system is like 99% conviction rate. There's no... Is it, the same, is it the same court in the West Bank? So in the West Bank, they're under military court. Right. Right. Michael, I, I think we've come to an end of the podcast episode. Uh, I tend to like to keep them under 20 minutes. We, we went a little over just for the listeners. Uh, but do you have a message that you'd like to leave the listeners with? Yeah, absolutely. There's never been more popular support for Palestine. This is a moment that demands courage, and those who fail to meet it will be judged harshly by history. I encourage everybody to get involved in a local BDS action. BDS, Boycott, Divestment, Sanctions. It's the way that South African apartheid was brought down. It's the way that we're going to defeat the Zionist terror regime. And be encouraged, because it's never been easier to support Palestine. Right. So, the tides are turning. Stay encouraged, and stay involved. Absolutely. Uh, Michael, thank you. I'm also going to want you to send me some of the um, charity organizations that are working in Gaza. 
uh, and also the ones that are trying to help the West Bank and all the Palestinians. Um, but before we, we, we leave this episode, ladies and gentlemen, I want to say this from the bottom of my heart. Thank you to everyone that has been standing with the Palestinian people all those years. Thank you to every voice. Please do not stop sharing and exposing the apartheid uh, colonial regime of Israel. Please do not stop. Do not allow anyone to bully you or try to tell you otherwise. Uh, I hope this episode really helped highlight the actual narrative and history of the Palestinian people from the voice of my friend Michael Scherzer, who is an American Jewish white male and um, someone who really has no incentive other than the fact that he came from a lineage, a lineage of an apartheid um, or, or um, colonized, um, excuse me, I'm, I'm losing, oppressed, oppressed people. And, and, that, and that to me, as an Arab, as a Muslim, as an individual, I stand with anyone that is being oppressed. Whether it was in Hawaii or Guam or um, or um, any any, we should we shouldn't be able to be okay with something. And I also want to add something before we get off. And I really think that the problem with with why this government is is not going to uh, stand with the Palestinian people because any government that ends up standing against. Um, um, colonialism will have to look at its own history and in that case start to admit to things that they've done before. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to stand with the Palestinian people. It is time to stand on the right side of history and no matter what anyone says, when the land is occupied, resistance is justified and I hope we continue to do this, we, to amplify the voice of the Palestinians and sooner or later Palestine shall be and will be free. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. I appreciate it. Until next week.